Our next talk is Nix Process Management, an experimental Nix-based process manager agnostic framework. And the presenter is named Sandra Vanderberg. This talk is about complementing Nix with any process manager. And a little bit more information about Sandra, if you're not familiar, is that he is a Nix like contributor since 2007, who's worked on like so many things, such as like the FHS root environments and like the Nix Android build environment. And is a developer, well, the main developer for various Nix-related utilities such as DisNix, Dysnomia, Node2Nix, and Composer2Nix. And I would also like suspect that a lot of um, like NixOS users have probably encountered Sandra's blog, which is sandravanderberg.blogspot.com. Okay, with that out of the way, you can free to start, Sandra. Okay, thank you for the kind introduction. So, hello, everybody. Um, this presentation is going to be about a personal research project that I've been working on in the last year or so. And I think it addresses a very important shortcoming of uh, basically the tools in the Nix ecosystem. Um, so as you may probably already know, uh, the Nix package manager is a powerful solution. So it offers all kinds of nice features like you can conveniently construct packages from source code and all its the required build time dependencies. It offers uh, build determinism, um, transparent binary deployments by downloading uh, existing builds from a binary cache. It allows you to store multiple versions and variants of the same package uh, safely next to each other. Uh, you can do unprivileged user deployments. So if you want to in install packages, you don't need to be root. Um, it can also be used on multiple operating systems. So in addition to Linux, it is also well supported on macOS. And very recently, FreeBSD was also accepted into the FreeBSD port uh, tree. And with some li little effort, you can also use it on other Unix-like operating systems as well. So when I have to explain Nix to uh, newcomers, uh, what I typically use is uh, a Nix shell example. Uh, to show uh, yeah, the, all kinds of nice, interesting properties of Nix. So for example, if you're on a conventional Linux distribution and you want to install with packages like Python or Node.js, uh, you may already have a, a, a version of Python installed on your machine and you may not have installed Node.js on your machine yet. And what you can conveniently do is you can spawn a shell session in which you have a certain version of Python and Node.js. And the Nix package manager will automatically install it and in this shell session, you can basically use these uh, development utilities. And the nice thing is, because they're stored in a Nix store, they will not conflict with other versions of packages, and they won't interfere with packages installed on your host system either. So when I show this to people, uh, especially newcomers, they typically get, uh, get quite happy. Basically, what they tell me is, yes, this is exactly what I'm looking for. So I'm going to experiment with packages. I'll try to install PostgreSQL or uh, the Apache web server or uh, Nginx because, yeah, um, Nix is a very convenient uh, tool to experiment with packages. And then I have to disappoint people because I have to explain them Nix is a package manager. It's not a service manager. So you can install, uh, for example, the Apache web servers on your machine, but it just provides you the executable you're still responsible for configuring the service yourself and also make sure that the, the, that the life cycle of the process gets managed. And in order to do that, you basically need to use some other tool like systemd. Uh, 
And that is actually quite confusing for newcomers. So what I also typically do is I explain newcomers that there is, of course, the Nix package manager, but there are also sister projects that com can complement Nix with all kinds of other deployment features, such as process management. And I think the most famous project is NixOS. So NixOS uh, can generate systemd unit files with the package manager. And then systemd is responsible for managing the lifecycle of these processes. But there's one catch. If you want to, uh, to use NixOS, that basically means that you're forced to adapt a fully Nix managed Linux distribution. And if you want to use another operating system, or if you're not uh, familiar to Nix yet, this is typically a pain. For seasoned users like me, this is not a big deal. Uh, this is actually what I want, but it's not always an option to use NixOS. The same thing, for example, applies to macOS. So on macOS, there is a project called Nix Darwin that offers all kinds of uh, system services that you can uh, manage with LaunchD, but obviously it's limited to uh, macOS only. So people, people typically tell me when they're on conventional Linux distributions, yeah, perhaps I should use Docker because yeah, with Docker I can manage uh, services. And then I can of course also tell people that Nix is also an interesting solution to use in combination with Docker. You can basically uh, use Nix in the construction of, uh, of, of images. You can even use uh, Nix to build Docker images completely. And these images are typically way more space efficient than conventional doc Docker images. But this is not always a compelling use case uh, because what we're basically doing is we squeeze Nix into a Docker workflow, but it's not a Nix driven deployment process. So this is basically my motivation to start developing the Nix process management framework. So it's basically a general solution for complementing Nix with process management facilities. And it's built around a number of key concepts. So first of all, it's entirely Nix driven. So the idea is that you write system configurations completely in the Nix expression language. It's also based on simple conventions. That means uh, you follow the si uh, similar conventions to how packages are organized in the Nix packages repository. So the idea is that for running processes, you write a function definition and to compose running uh, process instances, you uh, define an attribute set with function invocations. And a, a nice small extension to this framework is, is that you can also organize process dependencies uh, with the same formalism as well. And uh, the framework will automatically arrange the ordering if needed so that, for example, processes are activated in the right order. Um, another key concept is that, uh, that it's process manager agnostic. So it's not designed for a specific solution, but it should work with all kinds of process managers. So currently you can use system five in its scripts, supervisor D, supervisor D, system D, launch D, BSD RC scripts, and Windows services on SIGWIN. But the nice thing is the model is flexible enough that you can even use it with solutions that are not qualified as uh, process managers. So you can, for example, also use it in combination with Disnix and Docker. And the reason why you can do that is, is these solutions are multifunctional solutions and they can also organize processes. So in the framework, we can basically use these properties uh, for yeah, uh, basically all kinds of interesting uh, reasons. It's also operating uh, system agnostic because yeah, it supports um, 
process managers on a variety of operating systems, and Nix is portable to some degree as well. You can also use it for unprivileged user installations. Uh, and the reason why that is possible is because I built in a global switch that allows you to disable the creation of users and changing user permissions. So as a non-root user, you typically don't have the permissions to do this. And by disabling it, you can basically just run any process you want without restrictions. And the final key concept is that it uh, yeah, doesn't require any advanced concepts like namespaces and C groups that are commonly used for containers. So the solution relies on conflict avoidance rather than isolation. And that is, for example, uh, good for portability, as I'll explain later in this presentation. So um, how the, how's the, yeah, to explain you how the framework works, I developed a very simple example system. Uh, it's actually quite an over-engineered example, but, uh, but I think it's quite easy to understand how it works. So basically, this is a web application system that consists of multiple running processes. What you see on the right of this diagram are three web application processes. So they're basically uh, processes with an embedded HTTP server. And the only purpose of these web applications is to render a static HTML page basically, uh, that basically states the identity of the service. In front of the, of, the, of the web application process, there's Nginx that acts as a reverse proxy. And Nginx basically redirects users to the web application process instances based on the virtual host uh, uh, header field. So for example, if the user in the web browser opens the URL web app1.local, then Nginx will redirect the user to the first web application instance. Likewise, if you use web app2.local, then the user gets redirected to the second web app uh, uh, instance. So in order to automate the deployment of this system, so we have four process instances you need to write Nix expressions for each process instance. And one way of doing that is, is by specifically writing Nix expressions for a process and a specific service manager, such as system five in it. And this is basically what a Nix expression looks like. So as you may probably notice, this is actually quite similar to the convention of how, uh, how we in the Nix package manager declare packages. So this is a function definition. The first line is basically uh, the function header. And, and these refer to all the built inputs that uh, are required to generate a system five init script. So create system five init script uh, is, is, is an abstraction function that allows you to basically generate a huge shell script with deployment activities. Web app refers to the web app application executable and port refers to the TCP port uh, number that the server should bind to. And what I do in the body is I invoke the function abstraction and I basically specify what all the deployment activities should look like. So this, for example, is the start activity. It starts the executable and it uses the dash D uh, parameter to specify that it sh should run in daemon mode. The stop activity is stopping the executable. Uh, the restart activity is basically calling stop and start. And status is basically used to, uh, to basic, basically show whether the process is running or not. The run levels parameter is to specify uh, the run level. Uh, so I don't know if you still recall system five in its scripts that we used to develop 10 years ago. So the, 
when you boot in run level uh, three, that is typically used to boot in terminal mode and uh, run level five is used to boot a graphical desktop environment. And basically this parameter states that the service should start on boot up uh, for all these three run levels. Now writing a system five in the script is a bit verbose. So if I have to, for example, package another process like Nginx, then I end up repeating the same patterns over and over again. So what I also did is I developed a higher level abstraction function for system five in the scripts that looked like this. So instead of specifying the activities, what I do is I specify the process that I want to manage. So this is the executable I want to manage with this command line parameter. And basically what the function abstraction does is it infers the activities automatically. So basically the result of evaluating this function invocation is this. So the framework uh, also has abstraction functions for other uh, service managers. So this is system five in it, but maybe I want to use system D instead. So this is basically the function abstraction that you can use to generate system D unit configuration files. So again, what I do here is I basically, the, I basically, basically specify here what executable I want to manage uh, and to which TCP port it should bind. And basically what the, this function abstraction uh, does is it generates a systemd unit configuration file with nearly an identical structure. So this is pretty much a one-on-one -on -one translation from uh, a Nix expression to a systemd uh, unit configuration file. And the framework is basically full of other abstraction functions for all kinds of process managers. So there's also, for example, the create supervisor D program abstraction function. There's an abstraction function for launch D, for BSD or scripts, and many more. Now, the interesting thing is, um, if I would compare, for example, the system D expression with the system five expression that I've shown in the previous slide, then you see that they're slightly different, but they're not all that different. Uh, they're still mostly the same. So what I also did in the, in the framework is I created an abstraction function that abstracts over all these uh, process manager specific abstraction functions. And that basically looks like this. So what I do in this particular Nix expression is I use a generic create manage process function that basically describes from a high level perspective, what process do I want to manage? Uh, and these concepts can be easily translated to function invocations to the target specific abstraction functions. Uh, and basically any uh, process manager in the framework is supported. So system five, launch D, system D, uh, they, can all, they can all work with a, a high-level specification like this. Um, the only thing that, I, that you need to do is um, systemd prefers to work with processes that run in the, foregr in the foreground, whereas system5 in it wants processes to demonize on their own. What you need to specify is, is basically for both foreground processes and daemon uh, processes, uh, yeah, what kind of additional settings do they require? So this daemon arcs parameter basically specifies if the process needs to demonize, then pass these command line arguments to the executable. And if you want to run as a foreground process, yeah, basically nothing is required. Um, actually, spe specifying foreground processes and daemons is not a strict requirement. They can also be simulated, but for an optimal user experience, it's important that you still make a distinction between those two. Um, then there's one more concept that I need to explain. So um, 
in the in the example that I've shown you earlier, uh, we want to run web app processes, but we actually need multiple instances of them. We need three of them. To be able to construct multiple web app, uh, application instances, you need to follow a slightly different convention. So basically what I do here is I declare a nested function and the outer function are basically, uh, so the first line is referring to parameters that apply to all web app process instances. And the inner function header refers to uh, parameters that, uh, that are instance specific. And if you specify a unique combination of these parameters, then multiple uh, instances can coexist on the same machine. So for example, the port number, uh, only uh, one service can bind to a specific port number. Uh, but if you allow every instance to, uh, to, uh, to bind to a unique port number, they can coexist. And the same thing applies to uh, the instance name. So um, normally when you uh, launch a process as a daemon file, the daemon, the, the bit file has the same name as the daemon. But if you want to run multiple instances, you have to generate PID files with unique names. And basically the instance name parameter is a high level concept that allows you to, uh, to basically generate uh, uh, unique PID file names so that process can coexist. So in addition to declaring constructor functions that you can use to, uh, to create process instances, you also need to actually specify uh, what uh, process instances you need. And that is done in a composition model that looks like this. So again, this is similar to the top level expression in the Nixpackages packages uh, collection. Again, this declares a function. Uh, so these are parameters that basically apply to all- um, Excuse me, Sander, sorry to interrupt you. Yes. You're in like, your Q&A portion is in about three minutes. So you'll be eating into that. Oh, um, yeah, I'm almost done. Um, yeah, so these properties apply to all uh, running instances. And what I do here is here, I construct two web in instances. They can coexist because they have a unique port number and instance suffix. And what I'll do in this, uh, in this expression as well, I construct an Nginx reverse proxy. And uh, yeah, that is basically responsible for setting up the redirection. So um, I'm actually gonna take a risk now. I'll show you that um, this is basically the example. And I can basically deploy it as any, uh, so this basically deploys the entire system as a collection of system five uh, in its scripts. And as you can see, it deploys five instances for of the web application and two Nginx instances. And this basically shows that uh, the, the redirection is working. So now the first instance is responding and now the second instance is responding. And I can also deploy, undeploy the system like this. And now it's not running anymore. I can also deploy it as systemd scripts. So if I change the command line instruction from system5 in it to systemd, I can deploy the entire system as systemd in its scripts. And as you can see, the system responds again. And if I request the process overview, then you can also see that the system is running. So I, I basically use one single specification to uh, deploy the system for multiple process managers. So I'm almost done, so I'll, I'll just wrap up because I'm running out of time. There are lots of more interesting combinations possible. So 
You can also deploy in FreeBSD as BSD RC scripts. You can even deploy Docker containers for the, for the process instances. Um, yeah, there are lots of other features possible that I haven't explained. So you can also uh, basically create uh, users and groups so that they uh, processes run as unprivileged users. You can automatically assign port numbers, user IDs and group IDs. Um, you can also combine the Nix process management with uh, framework with Disnix. And the nice thing is that uh, you can deploy processes to networks of machines. Uh, and you can also combine them with things that aren't processes. So for example, Apache Tomcat can be managed as a process, but you can also deploy Java web applications to that uh, running uh, Tomcat instance. So this is very nice to deploy very heterogeneous uh, systems. Um, okay, thank you, Sander. Is that the end of your presentation? Yeah, it's pretty much done. So yeah, there's some future work. And if you want to play around it, this is a link. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So okay, and... so we have about, um, I think, five questions. I will start with the first one. This one is from Niku on IRC. And they said, do you think that NixOS, Nix Darwin, and other projects managing services around Nix packages could, in the near future, move to such an abstraction layer and share more source definitions, et cetera? Uh, I think that is very well possible, um, but um, yeah, the biggest uh, problem we have to overcome uh, that is related to Ilko's discussion from yesterday is the module system, for example, is uh, somewhat problematic if you want to support features like being able to construct uh, multiple instances of processes, because uh, modules are basically not units of instantiation. So um, that, is a, that, that, is a, that is a problem. There are actually concepts that you can integrate into the framework. So for example, the translation process from a high level specification to uh, any process manager, uh, that is actually also something you could integrate in the module system. Basically the concepts uh, are, I think, very generic. So what we could also in theory do in Nix packages is um, we have a system D layer and perhaps a launch D layer and uh, we also implement a module that uh, resides somewhere in the middle of the translation process. So a generic generic uh, process management layer. And if we use that, then we can already uh, with the same specifications uh, support multiple process managers. Of course, another small thing we need to do is we need to be able to use this service layer separately, but I think that is something we can easily overcome. So. Awesome. All this is actually really interesting to me. I was like um, super surprised with your presentation. Yeah. Yeah. So another question we have is um, how do you envision to generalize some system D specific features like hardening or socket activation that some services use? Yeah, that's a good question. So socket activation, for example, that is a concept that also launch D supports. But the sad thing is, is that they don't follow the same protocol. So it's fair. I don't think it's impossible to generalize that, but I think it's very difficult. So um, what you can, of course, still do is you can define overrides uh, for the, 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 the uh, process managers that you want. So you can basically, uh, if some service needs socket activation, then you, you can, for example, declare for launch D, uh, do this, and for system D, do something else. Uh, 
yeah, sadly you can't use a generalized concept, but it's still possible uh, to uh, yeah to fill the yeah to ad address these deficiencies with overrides if you want to. Great, great, and I think we have one more question, a pretty short one, I think. So, by running processes at, as different user and group, do you mean running the service as a proper system service, so yeah. not a user service anymore? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Okay. And another one, which um, I'm not sure you'll have time to completely finish, but we'll give you a minute, is what about a static process manager? E.g., doing a topological sort at Nix build time to output a certain derivation representing the processes which will run at runtime. Um, I'm not sure if I, I, I completely understood the, the, the concept of stat static process manager, but um, that is actually already possible if you combine um, um, this framework with Disnix as a process management back, uh, backend. It, it, it uses the Nix language to basically generate a dependency tree. And uh, the only thing Nix do, uh, the Disnix does is uh, it, it invokes a module that simply starts the process. So that is already somewhat possible. Um, so, but uh, yeah, uh, the framework is not really designed to, uh, to, to statically generate dependency trees itself. It, it, it only uh, yeah, tries to utilize uh, the, the features of the, the, the process manager backends as well as it could possibly do. Okay, great. Thank you so much. We are now out of time for the Q&A portion. There's some like really interesting sort of crossover between the talks happening here, I think, which is yeah. pretty cool. So yeah, thanks. And everyone, please remember to um, you know put those clapping emojis in the um, IRC chat and show the love. Yeah, in the breakout room for this talk, since it seems to be pretty lively Q&A going on here, is Nix-Process Management, and management being MGMT, the ac like an acronym. Yeah. Yep. Okay, okay. everyone. See Thank you all in five minutes.